Hello, welcome to Fuzzy Concepts with uh, Steve Rockhausen and myself, Adam McCarthy, and our special guest, yeah. an old friend of ours, yeah. Elliot Green. Welcome. That's me. Hello. That is you. So we, how did we first meet? It was, uh, it was, uh, it was in international waters, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smuggling yeah, operation on, on came around. <laughs> I told you never to speak about that. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> It was, what, what year? Is 2012, was it? 2012, I'd say, yeah. So nearly 12, 10, yeah. 10 years ago. I think that so was the last time I saw you that year as well, wasn't it? 2012. Probably. Well, you came to visit us, I think, on Halloween. Yeah. Or Halloween party. Yeah. Um, which I don't remember much of. No. No, me neither. <laughs> I seem to remember we had, uh, we had our punch made out of just whatever... Yeah, whatever, whatever spirits yeah, they yeah. had in Aldi on that night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was, if we'd have set that on fire, I think the whole of court would have just gone out. It was, <laughs> there's a lot of spirits in there. Yeah. I do remember walking around uh, Balafia in the area around the house in my pyjamas because I couldn't, I couldn't sleep because the room was spinning. So I decided the best course of action was to stay in my pyjamas and leave the house and walk around at three in the morning. <laughs> Didn't you run into someone Good looking time. for directions? Oh, I did. I did. And I, <laughs> I think I legibly managed to give them directions. What he, what that guy thought, I have no idea. Uh, sure. He's just, the, probably, probably thought I'm just, you know, the random weirdo who walks around the place in his pyjamas. Yeah, every, every city has one. Every city has one, yeah. So, yeah, it was the Queen Mary 2 we met. Yeah, lady there. Where myself, yeah, and Steve, <laughs> myself and Steve definitely broke the rules on the 18 to 30 club. Yeah, slightly, <laughs> slightly. Slightly, you were about 35 at the time, Steve, were you? <laughs> Not quite that, yeah. <laughs> yeah I remember we we had the, the table that was our table in the pub as well, didn't we? That was, yeah. any, if, it was like the, the couch in Friends in the coffee shop. If there was anyone else at that table, we yeah, just yeah, linger yeah. until they left. <laughs> <laughs> Basically put the pressure on. Yeah. Yeah. No, they were yeah. good times and it was... Uh, I think it's the only time I've ever actually been on uh, a ship for longer than a day. Yeah. I know, Steve, you've had lots of experience over the years. Yeah, and... I've been away for months at a time. <laughs> yeah, and I know, Elliot, you were on the Queen Mary 2 a couple of other times, weren't you? Yeah, I've been, I've been on it once once again, but it wasn't the same. wasn't the same. There was still beer left at the end, so... It's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. They didn't have to, like, uh, change over the beer from one, one bar to the other because the bar had gone dry. <laughs> I think all that was left was Boddington's by the end of that uh, that trip, which... Yeah. yeah, I think I was the only one drinking that at the time. Everyone else was on the Stella. I looked at my um, my bank balance after we finished that. You know, you get like the little statement. Yeah. And all yeah. of it was just in the pub or the nightclub. That was every yeah. single spend. Yeah. Well, Adam, that was our problem. Was that one night saw... to open a tab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the problem when we got our bill at the end and it said page one of three. And, you know, oh, dear. <laughs> I got, I got my money's back with in Cunard pens, though. Just pockets oh, full, yeah. just walking off. Just, just full of pens falling out. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to keep um, the topic nautical. Yeah. That's how we met Elliot the first time. And uh, we're going to just talk about, and especially it's in the news at the moment. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, and uh, we also have some news. Uh, Steve, you have your uh, legendary horoscopes. I do. 
they're not too bad this week. People have been yeah, getting they're not too violent. That they're uh, too on the nose and quite depressing. Few deaths predicted, but few deaths. Yeah. But you'd expect that. You'd expect that in these horoscopes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good exactly. news for a few people though. So um, you know. No, that's all right. So, yeah, yeah. so we'll start with the news. I'll go through it there. The uh, very short news now because I didn't want to overdo it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we'll start there. And um, a Georgia man has accused his former employer of a childish move after he received his final payment of $915 in pennies. Andreas Platten discovered the haul of 90,000 coins, which were covered in an oily, greasy substance at the bottom of his driveway. On top of the pile was his final payslip, along with an explicit parting message from the car workshop where he worked. Mr. Flatten left his job in November and claims he has encountered difficulty receiving the payment. He now spends his nights gradually cleaning the penny so he can cash them in, and it took him an hour and a half to make a few hundred of the coins usable. Miles Walker, who owns the workshop, told WGCL-TV that he didn't know if he had dropped the pennies outside Mr. Flatten's house or not. He said, I don't really remember. It doesn't matter. He got paid. That's all that matters. The businessman then called Mr. Flatten a weenie. Olivia Oxley, Mr. Flatten's girlfriend, said she hopes the incident will highlight how people are treated so poorly by their employers. But she is looking on the bright side, saying with that many pennies, we're bound to find a few treasures. I've already found one from 1937. So uh, that's uh, one way to get your final payment. Yeah. Did you see the picture? I know. I did. I saw the pictures yeah. and I saw the note. I don't want to say the note on... The podcast, but yeah, it was like <laughs> F you, basically. <laughs> that's, that's basically. Was, was, was the penny from 1937 worth anything, or was it just like, it's it's really old? That's cool. Some of the pennies are can be worth uh, good money, actually, I think. Yeah, two Depends. pennies. Yeah. <laughs> no, there is, I think there's some years that are fairly rare, so that um, you, they, you could, they, they could actually make thousands out of it. But yeah, I know that in Ireland, you don't have to take payment in certain ways. Yeah, I think yeah. coins are only allowed up to about 10 euro or 10 pounds or whatever yeah. the deal is in law. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's so, all coins are allowed to be used for other than yeah. one one euros and two euro coins, I think. I do like the way the boss called the guy a weenie on the yeah, news yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> and he's no knowledge of whether he was paid that way. <laughs> he's decided already, yeah. Someone was saying though that uh, because they're covered in oil or grease or whatever yeah. that you call you can call the environmental um, agency because yeah. it's a form of pollution. Well, well, they and doing for pollution. Yeah. Doing for pollution. Yeah, that's one way to get back at them. Yeah, we'll move on next and uh, we'll go for a house that Steve, I think you'd be interested in. Yeah. A Massachusetts woman noticed something strange about the for sale sign outside a home in her neighbourhood. On top of the sign with the name of the broker and their contact information was another sign with the words not haunted in big red letters. Yeah, well, I believe this just went up around the corner and I have so many questions. Margaret Bloomstein wrote in a tweet this week that include an image of the sign. The house is west of Boston, but Bloomstein didn't want to say exactly where to respect the homeowner's privacy. Uh, She reached out to the real estate agency to learn more about the sign, but they knew nothing about it at all. The consensus is that the sign is a prank, maybe played by a ghost with a sense of humor. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a house in uh, in Leeds over here that part of the garden I think belongs to the council because the, the guy who owned it, his little dying wish was to be buried in the back garden. Oh. So, <laughs> and, just sort of... yeah. so basically you have your own corpse in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we moved into the house, um, into my house, 
Uh, the back garden was done up lovely and whatever, but there's a tree in the middle of the back garden and a very suspicious lump mound of earth um, by uh, the tree as well. I'd never dug it up to see what's in there. You know, the previous owner probably, or maybe yeah, beloved family pet. I don't know, but it's, it's, it, there's definitely <laughs> something buried pet, by that I know. tree. <laughs> I never noticed that, actually. And it's weird because we did dig up some of the garden for a film we made. Yeah, but not that not that area. Just we didn't case. go that. We didn't go to that point. That was alright. Yeah, just in case. But we were worried about what was what we we might uh, <laughs> dig up, but no, it was nothing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure it's fine. Sure. They probably have more for it being and haunted. Move... People like haunted places. <laughs> they do. They do. Uh, we go for our last story, and this one's um, about a about a man having the worst look and then having the best look. Oh, nice. So a Tennessee man was able to turn his back, his turn his, his luck around after finding his missing one million dollar winning lottery ticket in a parking lot, remaining where he it dropped it even on a blustery afternoon. Spartan resident Nick Slatten learned on March 11th that he'd won a drawing with all matching numbers on a ticket worth one million one hundred seventy-eight thousand seven hundred forty-six. I was stunned and I couldn't believe it," said Slatten, who bought the winning ticket at a local grocery store the day. Uh, um, the day before the, the draw. Slatten rushed to his fiancé's workplace to share the news, then continued running errands, including taking his brother to buy a car part, followed by a stop for lunch. Within an hour, Slatten went from ecstatic to panicked when he realised he didn't have the ticket anymore. And to make matters worse, if a player loses an unsigned ticket, anybody can claim it, the lottery said. So Slatten immediately began retracing his steps, eventually leading him back to the auto parts store where he saw the ticket lying in the parking lot. It's a million dollar ticket and someone stepped right over it, Slatton said. He was able to retrieve the ticket, which somehow didn't get blown away and claim his prize. With the winnings, Slatton told the lottery his, he and his fiancée planned to continue working, upgrade their cars and buy a house of their own, as well as make investments. He said the couple hopes to live life without a whole lot of worries. So there you go. There you go. They made investments. So that, I imagine that, uh, that two hours in his life is probably the worst two hours. Probably. It sounds like the it, plot of my name. He found it outside and... Outside an auto parts shop. He brought his his brother to buy a car part, I think. And he must Maybe. have fallen out of his pocket or something. Was it the same same place as the guy with the greasy pennies? I wonder if that's the, could the be. whole connection. Could be. That could be. That guy could have like stepped over the ticket multiple times <laughs> with his greasy pennies. <laughs> yeah. what a, that was just pure pure karma. What yeah. a weenie. Yeah. Which yeah. is also the name of the, the, the garage. Well, pure, <laughs> pure karma. Do you think we could get onto the lottery winners? They might fund the show. What's that, Steve? Do you think we could get onto the lottery winners to fund the show here? I don't see why not. They're looking to invest. They're feeling generous. They're only yeah, they're just looking for investments. Yeah. I mean, we're the new GameStop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. If anyone's going to in take that, we're we're a company that's that's up. useless and out of date. Yeah. <laughs> and worth nothing. Yeah. But yeah. definitely, yeah. I think we'll have to get on to uh, Mr. Slatten in yeah. Tennessee. Ask him for a loan. Even just 20 quid. That would do. Yeah, maybe, maybe, like a, something. maybe a chocolate bar as well. Just yeah, a chocolate bar, yeah. That's part of, that's all part of the investment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta keep you gotta keep your energy up. That's it. <laughs> I love your tea chocolate bar. I'd also like to it could be disastrous. I'd also like to put on yeah a record uh, of thanks to uh, Elliot and his fellow his fellow Brits. The, the, apparently, they're going to give us three point eight million um, vaccines mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that are mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. 
spare vaccines, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't had mine yet, so I don't know how this <laughs> yeah. hurts. I'll have yours, it's grand. <laughs> we need them. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Steve's getting your one, Elliot, and then we were sending one of ours over to you. <laughs> but that might not even be a coronavirus vaccine, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> It'll be anything. I'll take uh, it. That's just going to be a, a, mis- a mystery syringe. <laughs> A, a syringe full of beamish, that's it. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, of course, if the EU and the UK governments are listening into this podcast, we have not paid any import tax on Elliot for this. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> it did take a while for him to get through the ports, all right. But, uh... I got there. I got there. The paperwork yeah. was very thoroughly filled out. <laughs> it was all filled out. I don't know. That's what I like about this podcast is that we make it look like that everyone's in a different room, even though we bring everyone over to the studio. Yeah. Uh, That's a little behind the scenes magic. Yeah, I don't know if Elliot saw um, in Ireland where we they, they eventually put in mandatory quarantine for people coming from a list of countries where they're brought oh, yeah. by the army to this hotel. And it was only running for a couple of days when three people have escaped from the hotel and they're on the run. So, <laughs> I just like the fact that they just walked out and just yeah. <laughs> no one said anything. Have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> but that could be something for us to do now is hunt, hunt these people. <laughs> hunt people who've escaped hotels. Keep yeah. the country going. Yeah. Yeah. We're bored in lockdown, so like just let us go out in our cars just to try and hit um, hit them. I mean find them. Yeah. <laughs> if you like the Salem witch trails, just start accusing people of leaving the hotel guarantee. <laughs> oh god. So enough about putting uh, any possible criminal charges ahead of us <laughs> with uh, evidence. So uh so it's a nautical theme this week, Steve. Um uh, I suppose why not? Because of the big news story of the week really was um the big ship that decided it was going to block up the Suez Canal for some reason um, and is costing hundreds of millions of dollars every day by doing so. I like that it's costing hundreds of millions of dollars, yet they just have one small digger. <laughs> yeah, it's not a priority. It's like, okay, yeah, we're going to try our best, but, you know, we're not going to send everyone. <laughs> we're not mad. Yeah, what the point? Is it like turning up to a house fire with a thimble. Like, you know, you've tried. You have tried. Yeah. I was waiting for a few lads to get out and give it a push. See if we could do it. Half the... <laughs> but no. You see, they, it, they, they, they drew a, a big phallus in the sea just before going into the canal. The, really? Someone had, tr- had tracked the route and they drew a, a phallic shape and then <laughs> decided to just block up the canal. So they are, they're just dickheads, that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's having a bad day. And you saw yeah, the picture exactly. of one of their trucks on the highway in China then as well, yeah. uh, doing a similar thing a couple of days oh, later. Blocking up the highway blocking as well. So. Apparently they have it. They also have an airline, so let's let's hope yeah, it doesn't yeah. come to ease. Oh, dear. Not good. Just lying across a runway somewhere. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And especially... They're, they're all... All the ships are having to go around the Cape of Good Hope again now, aren't they? So yeah, I think they're having to go a long way around. But it's either that or like the good old days. Stuck in the heat. Mm. Suez Canal not being able to move. You've been in, down the Suez Canal, I assume, Steve. Been around that area, yeah. My brother and my dad were there the last time um, that they were away. And they have, um, I don't know if it was on the Suez Canal, but it was somewhere around, around there. I assume it was. Where they follow you in boats, trying to sell you stuff. 
So, you know, not only do they get you on land, they try to get you on sea as well. <laughs> and they see, so they have like a megaphone from their small yeah, boat to like the that, ship. Something like, that, something like that. And they have, um, they see, obviously, ships have always raised the flag of the country they're in, but they have their flag of their home country always at the back of the ship. So um, in that case, when my brother and my dad were there, they had the, the Dutch flag flying at the back. So they follow all the ships and find out what you are. And they're like special price for Holland people. And things like that, you know. <laughs> oh, for every ship along the way, everyone gets a special price. Yeah, so yeah, you can't get away from those people. So you're saying the Suez Canal is exactly like it's exactly like one of those markets in India or Egypt or yeah. in the Arab countries. Yeah, just you can't even get away from them in the just water. throwing stuff at you and trying to haggle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a yeah, it's it's a strange place, but it does definitely cut off a lot of time in traveling. Yeah. I just feel sorry for all the people who ordered off Wish.com. Yeah, they're in trouble now. Because that is clearly the one the one ship per per month that comes from the Wish warehouses to Europe. Yeah. It's the ship that you get if you order a ship on Wish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. There's, there's, in those containers, there's definitely small ships inside them. <laughs> so, Steve, your, your dad is a retired ship captain. He is a retired ship captain, yeah. He worked in the Dutch Merchant Navy for oh, I don't know, over 40 years anyway, till he retired a couple of years ago. Um, so yeah, I used to get to go away with him and sail around the world on uh, cargo ships. And what, quite the what were the, what, yeah, I was going to ask, like, what, what were the facilities like in, on a container ship? Um, you got your meals twice a day. <laughs> and that was about So it. like prison. Yeah, it was, yeah, not not too far. You read a lot because it's uh, you know they're also not the quickest. Um, yeah, you know it it takes about two weeks to cross the Atlantic in one of them, and they're the the bigger boats as well. Take a bit of time, and uh, it's good adventure though because you never know where you're going from one place to the next. Generally, you have two or three ports ahead, you no, know, but then you could be sent anywhere. So it was always a bit of an adventure. Um, like. Well- Where's like the the most bizarre place that your dad has ever gone to that you know of? Um, I don't know about bizarre places. There's like parts of Africa, depending on the year you go there, where you're not allowed off the ship because of you know fighting on the ground. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> we went to um, in 1996 when I was on the ship. We went to Honduras uh, port called Porto Cortez, and I I remember it for a couple of reasons. One, before we arrived, a load of police officers had been shot by whatever, you know, faction of terrorism was going on there at the time. So the army were on the streets, wandering around with their guns. And also their hospital that they had there had a big sign up and it was just, I'll never forget it, it said hospital now open 24 hours. Oh good. I don't don't know what they used to do for that. If you had a hashtag, please have one between nine nine to five. I also remember you told me a story about how you brought down the Soviet Union. Yeah, I was in, um, well, I've been to, I've been to Russia a few times, but I've been to the Soviet Union as well. Um, We were in Tallinn uh, in Estonia, as it is now, but it was part of the Soviet Union when we were there in the early 90s. And yeah, I I could well have been, probably am the last Irish person to have been in Tallinn before, um, before, you know, left the Soviet Union. Because I think the fighting started about three days after we left, and uh, it was two which just days. explains everything to me. Yeah, yeah I know. Knowing you, Steve, it just explains everything. And yeah, two weeks later, it wasn't part of the Soviet Union anymore. 
and hasn't been since. And it hasn't been since. Might be again someday. Who knows? <laughs> but there you go. Um, yeah, Russia was a strange place. Strange place. I remember you'd have to book time slots to do anything. That's like no. Yeah, it's, it's very much. <laughs> actually, actually, yeah, the restrictions under COVID are very similar to living in Soviet Russia, I'd say. Without <laughs> having to stay in your house all the time. That aside, everything else is pretty much the same. <laughs> It's the similar. It's just we, we have apps to do it all now instead of just queuing up outside. Yeah. That's it. That was the problem with the Soviet Union. Is just It just looked bad with all the old women queuing outside the shops. <laughs> if they all had apps on their mobiles, it would that have been was, fine because there would be no, yeah. no queues. No, no click and collect in those days. You just had to go in for your time slot and get what you were getting. Yeah. But, uh, That's it, exactly. They were happy, though, probably. Happy, they were kind of. What did they want? Meat and vegetables? <laughs> so I did, like, I've only ever been at sea that one time on Queen Mary 2, and I did find it quite surreal at times. Yeah. Especially with the no the no phone signal. Yeah, yeah. Which I found it quite refreshing that, <laughs> refreshing odd that you'd sort of, you'd all go be in the pub one night and be like, right, we'll meet again tomorrow at Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. You can't message someone, you just have to hope they turn up. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's like, it is like the old days, we'll meet yeah. you at this place at three o'clock or whatever. But it, I did, I found that liberating actually, the lack of the lack of phones. And it definitely um, made the quiz night in the bar very... Mm. Yeah, no cheating at quizzes. There was no cheating at quizzes, which was, which made me very happy. Yeah. yeah. You don't like but, uh, did we Did we ever win? Oh, we won. we won. Well, my, myself and Steve and um, I can't think of their names now, but they were an older couple. From but basically, we were a team of four. Who were they? They were from Middlesbrough, I think, somewhere that area. They were from Mid Yeah, it was Craig, Craig, the guy from Middlesbrough. His mum and dad. Yeah. They we we were a quiz team. I think we won a good few times. We won three or four times, I think. Yeah. yeah. We'd uh, yeah we knew a lot of different things between us all, which always helps in a quiz. Yeah. <laughs> I, one thing I will remember from that that trip is when the the four American lads who were going over to Southampton to study for a semester. So yeah. and they were they were in the smallest room. It was a middle room. There was no window. And the one like two of the beds pulled out from the ceiling, yeah. and they obviously had everything ready for a full half a year in <laughs> Southampton. It was there was no room in there. It was basically yeah. It was like Lego. The way they'd set up all their <laughs> yeah. their bags and things. I mean, my seven Steve's room was kind of small as well. Yeah. That was only two of us. Yeah, yeah. But like four of them and all their bags. Yeah. Yeah. No. No thanks. I Very don't, I don't think that nightclub has ever seen the no. likes of what what happened no. when we were on there again, or ever will. It was a perfect storm of people. Yeah. Just one perfect storm of people. Yeah. If you just suggest something and everyone just goes, "Yeah, we'll do that," no matter how ridiculous it is. <laughs> That's my life, isn't it? That's your life, pretty much, Steve. You're the one generally who just says, why don't we do this? <laughs> I also remember um, the young guy, Charles, who was going to enter the talent show, and we decided we were all going to make signs and go down and support him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I think he didn't in the end. I think he chickened yeah. out. He chickened out, and we all came down there saying, it was probably our fault, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy was about 16, and there's, like, loads of us coming down, <laughs> smelling a <of> booze. <laughs> there you go. So we move on to our nautical stories yeah, slash stories. Yeah. 
All right, I've got a few mad ones here. So um, these are just quick little paragraphs on things. And then I've got some superstitions. And the first one is called Sea Monster. In 2003, scientists tagged electronically a nine foot great white shark in Australia. And then they go and they check the data on that. And one of them showed the animal plummeting 1900 feet in a matter of seconds and its body temperature increased by 20 degrees. And the only explanation is that it had become a meal for something even bigger. So today <laughs> they have no idea what it could have been. A giant ocean monster, an old you know, shark from the Jurassic times, or as people suspect, it could well have just been a sperm whale. But we don't know. <laughs> but we don't know. Um, the Mary Celeste is, I suppose, the most famous one of these cases anyway. In 1872, the ship was discovered floating aimlessly off the coast of Portugal. When it was boarded, all the crew were missing, their belongings were still in place, and there was no signs of a struggle. However, the ship's only lifeboat was missing, and to this day, they have no idea what happened to any of the crew there. It was just found, yeah, uh, just floating. sailing around the place by itself. Around the place, yeah, yeah. There was a boat that came to the it, it didn't it, it wrecked off the coast of Cork mm. a couple of years ago um, and it was, I think it was like the company had gone bankrupt or something like that and the crew just decided to feck off yeah, and they just left the boat yeah. floating away across the Atlantic um, and it ended up in Cork yeah um, it, ha it used to happen a lot in the old days when there was like storms and things people would just say no I'm getting out of here. Forget it. <laughs> so I don't Wasn't know. there a boat full of cocaine that crashed in Cork a while ago? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was pretty funny. Was it off a yacht or something? Yeah. And then they found a guy like collecting the stuff off the sea, yeah. off the beach. Yeah. It's always a guy and a dog, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, he, was and he, was just being, he was just being polite. Just yeah. I mean, like, you know, he thought, he thought it was just uh, Daz. Yeah, yeah. Imported. <laughs> trying to stop the sea going all frothy and bubbly. Exactly. <laughs> trying to stop pollution. No way he should have been jailed for 20 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just coincidence he happened to be on the after clashed. <laughs> and that story famously uh, was used by the young offenders. Yeah. Which is. Yeah. Um, it shows Cork uh, in a great light, it must be said. It does. <laughs> Can you understand what. Have you seen it, Elliot? I have, yeah. Can you understand what the guys are saying from your experience with myself and Steve? For the most part, yes. <laughs> it, it, it has helped. <laughs> oh, move on. So this one, the Devil's Sea, which is off the coast of Japan in the Pacific. And they have their version of the Bermuda Triangle, where legend says underwater dragons drag ships to their doom. And many fishing vessels go missing in the Devil's Sea. Um, oh. Then man-eating seaweed. So it's like, what's that? Oh yeah. I was gonna say the Bermuda Triangle doesn't seem to be as much of a thing anymore. Nah. I remember when I was a kid, you'd read about it and it was like you'd freak yourself out about it. Mm. Yeah, I'd say the Bermuda Tourist Board weren't happy with the name. <laughs> uh, man-eating seaweed. The Sargasso Sea is famed for its accumulation of dense brown seaweed, but legend has it that within this is a type of man-eating seaweed that is responsible for cases such as the Mary Celeste and other ships that have been found without crews, although there's never been a documented type of seaweed that eats human flesh. The superstition still lives on. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yes. 
exactly. They would know, like, it would eat you as soon as you tried to find it. Maybe the seaweed is just, yeah, yeah. smart. Just... This is a, an old Irish one, which is Brazil or High Brazil. is a mythical island off mm-hmm. the coast of Ireland in the Atlantic, off the west coast of Ireland, it should be said. It's not like people just saw, you know, whales and thought, oh, Jesus, an island. It's the other way. <laughs> um, it's said to have yeah. been cloaked in mist and only visible once every seven years, when even then it is unreachable. What adds to this mystery, though, it's appeared on many maps from 1325 even into the 1800s. And it's called High Brazil. Or Brazil, B-R-A-S-I-L, as opposed to the, the other country with the Z. So, which is strange that we do have a country then called Brazil. Yeah, you can look at a lot of maps and it's there. It's just a little tiny island off the west coast. Um, you know. I know that there's streets in Ireland named after it as well. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. Uh, the Dundee Star was a Scottish bark, which is a, a ship with more than three masts. That was also abandoned by its crew off the coast of Midway in strong winds. See, they're, they're kind of lads now who chickened out because the weather got a bit nasty. <laughs> Um, apparently Chickens. the ship sailed without a crew for four years around the world before resting back at Midway at the exact spot its voyage had started. <laughs> really? Apparently so. And then, so it was like the homing pigeon of the, the ship world. Yeah, exactly. And then the most suspicious man in history, Frank Tower is his name. What makes him special, or a suspect in my eyes, is he survived the sinking of the Titanic, the Lusitania and the Empress of Ireland. You know, lucky to survive or responsible mm. for their sinkings. I leave it up to you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That, that's that's hardly bad luck. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's not coincidence either. No, no, wasn't there a guy in? Well, I like those. Like he, he survived that, the Titanic. Yeah, the Lusitania and the Empire. And so, Park. yeah, so he 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 survived the Titanic. So, like, he left Ireland because that was the last stop mm-hmm. of the Titanic yeah. was in was in uh, Cork. Yeah. Survive that, then coming off to this in the Lusitania, coming off the shores at four point. It was bad luck last time. Yeah, he was probably getting the Lusitania home a few years later. <laughs> <laughs> and then he probably thought, no way this is gonna happen three times. <laughs> there you go. Wasn't there a Japanese guy that was in Hiroshima when the nuclear blast went off and then left there and went to Nagasaki and was there when that went off as well. He went yeah. to Nagasaki on business or something. No, he was in Hiroshima on business. Yeah. Got caught up in that. Went home to Nagasaki going, geez, that was tough. <laughs> <laughs> Until yeah, the air raid sirens went off there as well. But he survived both, I think. Yeah. How bad? Yeah. Good story to tell. Again, probably responsible for the bombings. <laughs> he was the one holding the big, uh, the big bullseye sign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Working it from the inside. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm going to move along now. As you know, sailors can be a little bit superstitious. So I'm going to go through a few of the the ones. Um, not many. I think about fifteen quick ones here of sea superstitions. First off, is renaming a boat is a big no-no. Considered extremely bad luck to rename a boat, and to be done safely, you must actually have a denaming ceremony and then rechristen the boat again. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Sailors known for having tattoos. Uh, there's an old tradition, though. Probably not done as much anymore. But sailors used to tattoo either pigs or roosters on their feet, as they believed this would prevent them from drowning as the animals would take them to shore. 
<laughs> I don't think they understand how tattoos work, but you know. No, there seems to be a lot of sailors around these days. Judging mm-hmm. by the much tattoos I see. Yeah. The next one sounds more like an excuse for the judge. Um, for fishermen, it's un- considered unlucky to head off for the fishing season without having spilled blood either in a fight or an accident first. So do not go to any coastal pubs. No, not near fishing. For the fishing season. Yeah, it sounds to me like just the judge. It's tradition, Your Honour. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it's good luck to set odd number of nets when you're fishing. Here's one of people uh, from, uh, what was that one? Was it Hot Shots, the first one? A hat mm. overboard? Losing a hat overboard was a sign the voyage would be a long one in the old days. Do you remember that in the Hot Shots, when he loses his hat? No. And he wants I must to watch. I haven't seen that in years, to yeah, be fair. He wants to, he wants to send two sailors in a dinghy circling it till they get back. <laughs> this is one I, I suppose the one, the one was that. I said that the, the one the one remedy for that is just don't wear a hat. Yeah, exactly. Um, eggshells. This is a really bizarre one. Once cracked, eggshells have to be broken into tiny pieces. The reason for this was to stop witches coming on board. I don't know why. Notorious <laughs> eggshell stealers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're mad, mad the for eggshells. The witches could come into the bigger pieces of eggshells or something. I don't know. Um, there's a number of days <laughs> where you should not be sailing if you're on a sailboat because they're considered bad luck. You shouldn't sail on Thursdays because of it's Thursday, the God of Storms. Friday, because it was the day apparently Jesus was executed. The first Monday in April, the day that Cain killed Abel. The second Monday in August, the day Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. And the 31st of December, which was supposed to be the day Judas hanged himself or hung himself. Do you hang yourself or hung yourself? I don't know. Whatever it is. So you're not supposed to sail on those. Whatever Judas did. Whatever he did. Nothing, probably. That just sounds like he wanted a couple of days off. That's it. That's it. Can't sail on a Thursday. But what happens if you're in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean on a Thursday? Yeah, right now, just float for a bit or something. We were definitely on the ship on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah, and nothing bad happened. Well, I, I, I did do breakdancing and <laughs> my hip was never the same again. Yeah. Wasn't there a dirty protest as well? But then on the Thursday? Oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. That was the, 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 the morning we came into port. That's right, yeah. Which I think was uh, your fault, Steve, again, as usual. <laughs> oh, it's, I told everyone how not to pay, didn't I? Well, not, yeah, not, so not it's a, it was a thing on Cunard that, you, yeah, you automatically pay a certain charge for tipping so that you don't have to tip during the journey. Yeah. Um, but Steve, has, you know, as a man who, was, who had been on the Cunard uh, ships a good few times, kind of was, was wise to this. So basically you have to go up to the counter in the reception and say, oh yeah, we don't want to pay that, we're going to go our own way. And unfortunately, Steve went around telling everybody on the ship. Nobody got tipped, probably. Yeah. No, I did. When I was very drunk, I was tipping the barmaid I fancied. Yeah. With far too much money. Yeah. Uh, but, um, and we gave but, yeah, so, and we steward everything we had left on us before we, before we disembarked. So wasn't a lot. But yeah, so. Or $3. <laughs> In greasy pennies. <laughs> greasy pennies. Well, this was, uh, yeah, oh my God. I remember, I don't know who came across it first, but it was like right on the steps going down to the cabins. And it was horrendous. Yeah. It was just a massive pile of shit. That's, I can't say anything else. That's all it was. 
I blame DJ Chris. Yeah, probably. We'll get on to him in a second, don't we? Um, there's certain words you can't say on a ship. Droned, goodbye, good luck, as well as the words such as church, pig, foxes, cats and rabbits. And fishermen in particular don't like when you use those words. Because I know a guy who was a lobster fisherman and he used to drive them all mental by constantly talking about pigs over the radio. I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't throw them into the sea, to be honest. What a bastard. <laughs> um, it's bad luck to stir your tea with a knife and fork. That's just bad, uh, bad anyway. <laughs> uh, it's bad luck as well to pass the salt directly to another sailor. So you have to put it down the table and they have to pick it up themselves. You can't just hand it to them. Um, in order oh, to bring good yeah, luck, luck, Scottish fish, fishermen would um, start a trip by throwing a crew member overboard and dragging him back on board again. Um, practice. That's fairly mean. <laughs> yeah. Bananas, very unlucky to have bananas on board as they would cause the ship to be lost. And even some sailors today don't like to sail when their cargo is bananas. Which uh, is a shame since the, 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 a lot of bananas are shipped these days. Yeah. Even though it was considered unlucky to have women on board, if there was any, giving birth on a ship was often done on the gun deck, which is, gave rise to the saying, son of a gun. And despite, <laughs> yeah, despite women being on board considered bad luck, if a male child was bored, uh, on board, it was considered good luck. So, I don't know, one cancels out the other or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> is it even it out? Yeah. Does that mean that you bring a pregnant woman on board so you can try and get the good luck? Get trying get the good luck, and if yeah, if a daughter was born, kidnapping heavily pregnant women in, in Portsmouth and Southampton <laughs> yeah. and places, For maybe the, the chap who survived the Titanic in the Lusitania, he brought his wife at the time who was pregnant. She gave birth to a girl, and that was yeah. that was it. There you go, that was yeah. it. I think I think you've cracked it, Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Much like he cracked the Lusitania. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was the Nazis or the whatever they were. They're not the Nazis. They're the, the, the Germans in the First World War. Yeah. Um, whistling is considered very bad on board a ship because it's uh, to be considered to be making fun of the wind, which will in turn strike back at you. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So if you're whistling, that's what you're doing. You're making fun of the wind. You're like, oh, I'm noisier than the wind. Um, and uh, take that wind. Yeah. It's also bad luck to kill a seabird because they're considered to be the souls of dead sailors. So. Killing one is seen as bad luck, but if you do see them, it's considered good luck. So there oh. That's all I have. There's a lot of superstitions. That's the superstitions. Um, there's lots of them. There's lots of them out there. You know, people can look up their own. I know if the first time you cross the equator, you're supposed to get your head shaved. Um, I don't know if you're supposed to, but they still do it. Um, they still do it, apparently, yeah. do they? Yeah. Your first time, not every time. Just the first time. <laughs> Otherwise, everyone would be bald all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I've never crossed the equator, so yeah, no, we're northern hemisphere guys, yeah, 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 as opposed to who's been down the south, yeah, who knows what happened. Did you shave your hair? Did I shave my hair? No, I got away with it. I took the gamble, <gasps> oh, I took the risk of uh, upsetting Neptune or Poseidon or whichever one of the two of them it is, <laughs> but it, but as as but as, as revenge then, it was it was your job to get the heavily pregnant woman at the next port, wasn't it? Kidnap to kidnap him. him. Kidnap him from somewhere down there, yeah. Um, <laughs> on the gun deck? On the gun deck, yeah. Didn't have a gun deck, sadly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't they have the, I suppose they, they'd have them in container ships 
yeah. going past Somalia. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, if you usually have. It must be like Christmas for the Somali pirates because there's loads more ships going down around the Horn of Africa now. I know they probably don't know what to do with themselves. They're they're picking and choosing. They're like, oh no, I don't like the look of that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great money too for ex-army officers to go on board protecting mm. ships. So you know, good money in that. And yet there is a lot of um, sh- what would you say, shady people who would go for on the, uh, take the life on the sea to escape, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe yeah. prosecution or you know their past. <laughs> one in um, particular. There's, <laughs> there's one in particular. Uh, can we talk about it? I just don't see why not. We could change his name for legal reasons. We definitely haven't mentioned his name already, so that's true. <laughs> <laughs> What are the odds he's going to listen to this? Plus everything we say. That's here. true. Yeah, didn't we? Well, we we figured out he allegedly murdered his dad with an iron, and that was well, the reason he, he was on the sea. What did he say? Was he talking to you, Elliot? I think it was. Was it? I can't remember. I, I, I think he was, and I was sort of, why? Why are you just telling me this? <laughs> <laughs> why have you singled me out for this information? <laughs> He, he just was saw scared of irons. I, it was strange. <laughs> but you, you were, you know, you were walking around with an iron around the ship for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was my good luck charm. I'd heard, you know, if you carry an iron with you, then it's a good voyage. An old superstition. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But yeah so this I'd guy say, was I'd say the he DJ. Never, yeah. On the ship. Yeah, I'd say he was. Delighted. Might still be the DJ on the ship. I don't know. I'd say he was delighted to just have a crowd of people. I'd say usually nobody mm. is dancing. <laughs> I seem to remember he did the yeah he did the DJ. How long? And like the nightclub would stay open until basically they ran out of beer at the bar, I think, or something, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, on the last night, we kept asking him to play songs, and he just refused. <laughs> he just flat out refused. Like, can you can you play the song? No. No. <laughs> he was just sick of us at that stage. Yeah. To be fair, that was probably the sixth day of. Uh, yeah. The novelty of Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I I went on the QM2 again like two years later, and he he was the DJ. He was still there, <laughs> and I I remember speaking to him. I said I I was on a couple of uh, like two years ago with like you know, some friends. We were always in the nightclub. I went, oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> 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 He knew. He knew. He knew that our legend had uh, had carried on. Yeah, yeah. But could to be fair, know like our, our group of people, it, it, it basically by the end of the sh- by the end of the voyage, the, we had the guy who used to check the passports with us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He joined in once he was finished checking all our passports. Wasn't your man from Abercrombie and Finch there as well? At one stage, didn't he buy us? Oh my god! Oh yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. He was that, creepy. Like, he was a strange guy. I looked him up afterwards, and yeah, he was a strange guy. Yeah, yeah. Asked asked one of uh, one of our friends to go back to his his room or something. The guy's like sixty, <laughs> the face like a melted carry bag. Hopefully, he doesn't listen to this, and I apologize Hopefully if you not. do. But <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah. That was creepy. I forgot about that completely. Actually, no, and I can actually see his face now. Yeah, uh, I'll have to look it's, him up. It's, it's haunted. Finish. It's not one you it's forget. Yes, yeah. it's a, a unique look. <laughs> it's definitely my one abiding memory of the DJ was that yeah he do the nightclub until whenever we finished. God knows what time that was like four in the morning or half past four in the morning, 
but then he'd do the darts competition at like 12 o'clock <laughs> in the bar and we go down and play darts and he was just there and just looking miserable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I saw him smile once. <laughs> the unions wouldn't be a fan of that, him doing two jobs. Oh yeah. That was it, you know, dodgy. But I mean, like, yeah, if you're going to murder your father with an iron, what are you, what are you going to do? Yeah. What better place for you than at sea? I just love to know where he got his music from, because obviously he had fairly up-to-date music, I seem to remember. Yeah. yeah. So that mean then, like, when he's in port, he's in the, in the internet connection, he's just trying to download what's in the charts or... But that was the other thing, wasn't it? Because we had no internet, didn't Gangnam Style hit the week we were at sea and we had no oh, idea yeah. what it was? <laughs> we had no <laughs> idea what was going on. We got back and everyone was just, it was everywhere. Like, what? <laughs> what? 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 What's gang, Gangnam? What? <laughs> it was basically like space travel in the earth, completely incommunicado. Okay. When we got on the ship, it was um, Call Me Maybe. Yeah. Mm. And when we got off, that was done. It was Gangnam Style. <laughs> <laughs> so that cultural phenomenon completely missed us anyway <laughs> but uh, so yeah if you've ever planning to murder someone then we recommend if you're going on the run try yeah. and get a job as a DJ on a cruise <laughs> because he's still he's still at large <laughs> he's still at large there's a red notice from Interpol but they can't it get is. near him but they can't international, find them, waters. No. international waters international waters <laughs> He'll forever live out his days. Yeah. The only 86-year-old DJ on a cruise ship. <laughs> well, you'll know why. You'll know why. <laughs> uh, will I go into my horoscopes before we talk Dude. about and all the wonderful things that he does? Yeah. Um, we will do that there. So if I can if I can get them up. Um, yeah, they're not too bad this week. I mean, depending what star sign you are, I suppose. Um, what star sign are you, Elliot, out of curiosity? I'm I'm Capricorn, so I'm I'm hoping there's no death this week. Oh, you mean the same as Adam? That never bodes well. But anyway, um, (laughs) we start off as we always do in March with Aries. Um, In a boost to your finances, you receive a birthday card with coins taped to the inside this week. Handy, greasy coins. (laughs) Could well be (laughs) a wheelbarrow full. Yeah. Taurus, they say a friend will bail you out, a good friend will share your cell. Seems your good friend is happy enough to shank you with a sharpened spoon, though. (laughs) Gemini, you have always loved cartoons, so I'm sure you would have enjoyed knowing you will be killed by a falling anvil. Um, Cancer, life is always a bumpy road. Eventually you learn how to drive it. However, still seems you have no idea how to use your indicators, you selfish moron. Anyway, Leo, you've recently been spending less time thinking about your future, and given what's about to happen, this seems kind of appropriate. Doesn't bode well for you there if you're Leo, I'd say. Virgo, you can't help but think your kids are simply not as good as the others in the neighborhood, but when you get things secondhand, they're often not as good. (laughs) Libra, kill them kill them all and let God's God sought them out as maybe not the smartest sentence you've ever imposed as a judge, especially given the crime was only jaywalking. Um, (laughs) Scorpio, 
Your death will come as a complete shock to you this week, but given your religion, that shock is nothing compared to what you experience after you die. Um, Sagittarius, they say laughter is the best medicine, but as a doctor, you should probably start prescribing people medicine instead of telling them to laugh more. Well, Capricorn, you have a religious experience this week when an unprovoked knife attack leaves you with the wounds exactly like the stigmata of Christ. <laughs> Something for you both to look forward there to. There we go. We'll be walking. Oh. Yeah. yeah, can't wait. It'll be a crazy week for you. This is Aquarius. It'll be a crazy week for you, but one day you'll look back at it all and laugh, you horrible inhuman bastard. <laughs> Pisces. Pisces, you decide you're going to try for one more big job before you retire. The fact you clean the toilets at the local Indian is beside the point. But lucky for you, the chef is serving that slightly iffy chicken to ensure your wish can come true. Oh, God. Here you go. What a way to finish the horoscopes. <laughs> it's your horoscopes for the sweet. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What's How do you follow that? <laughs> <laughs> so Elliot, thanks a million for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We're delighted to have you on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say we like we always um it's been a long time now since we've seen each other. So yeah, yeah you came over to our house for Halloween that yeah. time. Again, that was kind of mental that a lot of people from the ship decided yeah. to come to Cork, yeah. Yeah. which was great. It was really good. I seem to remember well, us playing beer pong with the punch, which was never a good idea. Oh, it was downhill from there. It yeah. was very much downhill. <laughs> I, I still remember getting the plane and it was a, it was one of the little oh. Air Lingus planes. And because I'm a tall man, my head was like this against the window. Like, <laughs> if this plane goes down, I'm I'm the first to go. I seem to remember the weather wasn't great either. It was fairly windy that time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they decided um, to... Uh, there was a story from... As well, for that, when you're on about planes, for, they decided for some reason to build Cork Airport in the windiest part of Cork. Yeah, the windiest part, by far. <laughs> on top of a hill. Yeah, that's a good spot for an airport. That's just Irish planning for you. But uh, I remember from that, uh, so the, the, the four American guys that we talked about, uh, three of them came over to us, I think, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. Um, and I remember we were in a bar. They came earlier in the day. They had mm -hmm. got the ferry, I think. Mm -hmm. So we decided to go over to a bar and we were playing pool there. And I don't know, Steve, did you go meet? Elliot? I met Elliot and yeah. someone else has come with Elliot. I can't remember. Oh, Alex, I think. Alex. In the, in, yeah, in yeah, the yeah. airport. Yeah. And what happened well, we were in that time was um, very scary, actually. Scared you for we were playing pool and. <laughs> Yeah, in this bar, uh, there's also karaoke pods. And uh, there was a, a hen party in one of the karaoke pods. So myself and two of the American guys were just playing pool. And one of the women came out from the karaoke pod and decided that they were she was going to drag the two American guys into the karaoke pod and strip both the lads, try to strip them. And basically, I think they violated them pretty much. <laughs> what a welcome to Cork. I'm sure they, they. I'm sure they appreciate it. The memories. It's memories. I don't know. They, when they came out, they seemed pretty. Yeah. <laughs> they, it, it seemed like something had changed in them. <laughs> they had that kind of faraway stare in their eyes. They saw the world differently <laughs> from that day on. <laughs> there was like about fifteen women in this thing, and they just, the lads were just dragged in. I think they were saved by the staff of the bar. 
poor guys. Poor, poor guys. Uh, but Elliot, you're you're no stranger to podcasts yourself. You you, you have a couple, do you? I do yeah. It just gives me something to do. So yeah, yeah. I do one. I do. I have one with my improv comedy troupe, which is called the Antics Rambles. Anybody's interested? Where we mm. will literally just press record and just talk nonsense, really, and see Very what happens. Good. Very. Myself and Steve can't do that because there's too many too many court cases. Yeah, we just get way too libelous immediately. Yeah. I mean, we were once banned in Turkey for some reason. <laughs> we were banned in Turkey at some stage. Um, what did we ever do to them? Yeah, the the the, the, <laughs> the other podcast I do, I been it, when all the pubs were closed, I went around Sheffield where I live, posted a picture of a pub a day that was closed. Like, wrote a little bit about it, said why I missed it, and after that. When the pub's open again, I thought I may as well just. I like to talk to people and I like to drink beer, so we'll just combine the two and just started chatting to sort of pub owners and and whatnot about last year and yeah. how it's been going. So, and then the pubs close again, so I was sort of well, oh. that's 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 me done. <laughs> yeah, well, that was one thing that really got me through the last lockdown was where your posts about the, the the pubs. I just enjoyed it, like every day seeing them coming up and just reading it. You're reading your little blurb about them, and um, yeah, it was it was just nice. It was nice to see different things when you're when you're locked down and you can't go a certain mm. amount. It's nice to see other parts of the world. Um, I but, um, I only nearly forgot to do it twice because I was hungover. So <laughs> no, you did. You out- kept it up. It was very good. Two out of a hundred, I think. I might maybe I'll have to do it again and go around and just get absolutely hammered when they all reopen again. Well, that, that that's that's the definite sequel. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. But you can't do write... it over a base of weekends, but yeah. do it live. Yeah, you you've got to write the blurbs while drunk. It's <laughs> <laughs> only going to end badly. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, um, smash the keyboard. So are these all craft beer places? Are you a man for craft beer? I'm a man for for many beers. It's, <laughs> many oh, beers. It started just the pubs near where I lived, and then sort of branched out further. And pubs that I've been in once, the, the reviews were very honest. I think I did a review of one, posted a picture of one, and just said oh, it was the worst bar I've ever been in in my life. <laughs> Which I didn't tag them in that one. I thought maybe maybe I won't. Like maybe not. That yeah. Did that bar have a flat roof? No. That's what I seem to know from British pubs is that that's the kind of uh, indicator <laughs> that if a pub has a flat roof, don't go in there. Yeah. They, that's probably they, rough. They, they'll serve Carling, Guinness, Strongboat. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and their busiest times are usually uh, half past two on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's one of the, if you walk in and you sort of hear the record scratch, everyone <laughs> turns and looks at you. <laughs> it's kind of like here if they're serving Murphy's Red on tap. Yeah, it's probably a danger sign. No, what's that, Steve? I said it's like here if they're serving like Murphy's Red on tap, it's probably a danger sign. Oh yeah, <laughs> which I think I've only ever seen in about two pubs, <laughs> but two rough pubs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is I'll, that uh, I'll have to go. I'll come over to Cork when the world's back to normal. I'll come see you guys properly. Oh yeah, you can do a couple of. Um, a couple of reviews of cork pubs. We'll bring you to the best ones. The better ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll stay away. Yeah. So there's a there's a wonderful um, there's a wonderful pub called the Holly Hill Inn, 
<laughs> which closed. is uh, very upmarket. Yeah. Closed. Oh, it's closed, <laughs> is it? Yeah. Too popular. I was going to say, its nickname is the Flying Bottle. <laughs> That's gone. Oh, we'll have to bring him to the Old Reliable on Shandon Street then. The Old Reliable, the Homer. There's one wait. pub, actually, I'd love to bring Elliot to. Uh, Eugene's. Eugene. You know well, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Eugene's is great. Eugene's. It's on Shandon Street. It's like going into someone's living room. Yeah, it's like someone's living room and but they, they serve uh, the beer on a tab system uh, and deliver it to your table. Yeah, and it's basically, yeah, it's just, it's just like, uh, it's old people. And like, I think the last time you were in there, we, we got sandwiches there. Their sandwiches are nice. Yeah, nice yeah. And there was like, yeah, there was old people. There was like uh, a young mother buggies. with her kid and yeah. the mother was drinking oh. pints. <laughs> That's my kind An of open fire. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, wrong. It's just one room, yeah. small. And a little barman who I like to think is mute, but I don't think he is. <laughs> yeah. In my head, I think he's mute. Yeah. He's like um Teller from Penn and Teller. Yeah. That's what I think. We, <laughs> we'll take him down to our uh, place. We go every Christmas before Christmas down to Ballinaspital to our buddy down there as well. Oh yeah. Um to uh what's the name? Hurley's. Hurley's and Ballinaspital, yeah. We'll Which him. is down by the seaside. It's lovely. Nice. Yeah. But the barman hates us. <laughs> he's a bit like Basil. I won't Bell. ask why. Yeah. No, he loves he loves being a barman. Yeah, he's he just a bar. He just hates the customers. If he didn't have to deal with customers, yeah. he'd, he'd be fine. I've never seen a man audibly sigh when ordering when, when I've been ordering food. It's like, oh nice. Oh, you want food here? Yeah? Oh god. <laughs> Crazy. So that's for the future anyway. I'd like to thank you, Elliot, for coming on. It's been great. Yeah. Great to catch up with you. Thank you for having me. And uh, The Antics, is it The Antics? The, the Antics Rambles is the podcast, yeah. yeah. Nice. So that's the one. I, I Check that out. Check that out. Good yeah. fun. I know you're, you're, you're a great man for your improv. So I, I'm, I, I, so it's a great, great listen. It's taken me everything while talking to you to not to slip into a very terrible Cork accent. So... <laughs> I've, I've made it through. You've done it. Oh, well. just about. We were trying our best. So thanks, guys. And yeah. we'll talk to you very soon. Good luck. Good luck. Bye-bye.